This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about structured settlements from Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements, helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by Allstate, American General, John Hancock, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations. And again, glad you could join us today. Well, Takeda Pharmaceutical Company has agreed to a $2.4 billion settlement to resolve bladder cancer claims tied to its type 2 diabetes drug, Actos. And on past and previous Ringler Radio shows, we followed the litigation surrounding Actos, and uh, you can find those shows uh, by ring- going to ringlerradio.com. They're all there. The settlement that we're talking about here will compensate an anticipated 9,000 claimants who filed both federal and state lawsuits alleging they suffered from bladder cancer after taking Actos. And today on Ringler Radio, we'll be discussing this billion-dollar settlement, its negotiation, and the impact on future pharmaceutical litigation. So uh, helping me today as my co-host is my good friend and my Ringler colleague from New Orleans, Keith Christie. Keith has 30 years of insurance and structured settlement experience, and he has extensive training in all areas of structured settlement policies, procedures, and systems. Uh, you've been you've been at this for a while too, Keith. So welcome to Ringler Radio. Great to have you. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Frank for allowing me to be with you guys today. Terrific. Well, our special guest today is attorney Frank Woodson from the Beasley Allen Law Firm in Montgomery, Alabama. Frank joined Beasley Allen in 2001, and his practice focuses on mass torts related to pharmaceuticals. He has brought 17 years of litigation experience to the mass tort section. And, uh, Frank, I also understand you're a Crimson Tide Alabama fan, so welcome to Ringler Radio. Roll Tide. Roll, Glad to be here. Roll Tide. You got that right. Okay, well, let me ask you this, Frank. We've had previous shows here on Ringler Radio discussing Actos and its litigation. So can you give us a little refresher, an overview of Actos and its potential link to bladder cancer? How did this all begin? Well, from the plaintiff's perspective, it began even before the drug uh, came onto the market. And um, Upjohn even considered marketing this drug at some point in time, but they looked at the safety profile and they decided that there were too many risks associated with the drug to even get, uh, to even market it. So Takeda decided to go ahead and market the drug themselves. And over time, we saw several studies that came out uh, indicating that the drug would cause uh, or increase the risk of bladder cancer. Interesting. Frank, there have been federal and state ACTOS lawsuits over the years. Will this settlement be the first big payout to the claimants? Uh, that is correct. Up up till this point, uh, there have been a lot of trials, and uh, we can go over those if you'd like, And um, but there has not been any payments made uh, to any of the claimants as of this date. Well, Takeda made more than $16 billion on Actos, uh, and prior to it going generic in late 2012, that's quite, quite a bit of money. T- talk to us about this industry, this, this tremendous, the tremendous uh, you know, money being made in the industry. 
Well, of course, you know, Actos, uh, for our listeners, is a diabetes medication, and it's uh, this particular segment uh, of drug is in the glitazone uh, area. And there have been other glitazones on the market other than Actos that you are probably familiar with. The first one was Resilin, mm-hmm. and that was one of the first cases I ever worked on when I got to the Beasley Allen Law Firm back in 2001, 2002, and uh, Resilin was a diabetes medication in the glitazone family, just like Actos, and it was withdrawn from the market because of the serious uh, risk of injury to your liver. And several years later, we saw another member of the glitazone family, uh, Avandia. Uh, and that drug was manufactured by GlaxoSmithKline, and it was associated with an increased risk of heart attacks. And it's, although it's still on the market, that litigation went on for a few years before it resolved. So, you know, now we've seen all three members of this uh, particular segment of diabetes medications uh take large hits in the litigation. So my advice to diabetics is to stick with some of the older medications. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Frank, after all these years, you know, a settlement has finally been reached with the 9,000 or so claimants that have filed their, their complaints. Uh, Takeda Pharmaceutical Company agreed to a $2.4 billion settlement. Can you talk a little bit about that particular settlement? Uh, yeah, well, the first thing that, of course, has got to happen before you have settlement in most of these mass torts are you got to have some uh, trials take place, and that has been going on uh, since uh, 2013. Uh, we had several trials that year in April 2013. A, a California jury awarded $6.5 million to the plaintiff. Uh, in September of 2013, a Maryland jury awarded $1.7 million to the plaintiff in that case. In December of 2013, a Nevada jury ruled for a defendant, as did a uh, Cook County jury in May of 2014. But in between those, you had a $2 million verdict in Philadelphia and a $9 billion verdict uh, on behalf of the plaintiff in the MDL uh first bellwether trial in April of 2014, and that is what brought the defendant to the negotiation table. Well, why don't you tell our audience what goes into negotiating a settlement uh, such as one on this scale? What's the process? It's it's such a, a huge undertaking. Well, you know, I think probably what happened is the MDL, there were two centers of litigation, one in the MDL in the Western District of Louisiana and one in Chicago, and both of those litigations had an equal amount of in them, about four thousand apiece. Uh, so the there was one trial in Chicago that was a defense verdict, and the trial in uh, the MDL resulted in the nine billion dollar verdict. Uh, uh, Mark Lanier in Texas tried that case, and um, so that brings them to the table. At that point in time, I think. Takeda realized, you know, we've got some issues here. There were some significant problems they had with uh, destruction of documents and spoilation of evidence. And that is what made the jury get so mad in that case. Ultimately, the MDL judge reduced uh, that down to $36.8 million, but that is really significant that she left almost $28 million in punitive damages in place in that case 
because of the evidence presented in that bellwether trial. At that point, I think Decatur decided they needed to get serious. Now, over the last year, they reached out to uh, uh, Mark Lanier and actually one of my partners, Andy Birchfield, who was one of the people who negotiated the Vioxx settlement of $5 billion several years ago. And this settlement is um, very similar uh, to the Vioxx deal in the way that it came about. And um, and that's been going on over about the last year. And both sides are looking at objective criteria, what was important to defendants, uh, how do you weigh these cases. And, of course, you started off with injuries and the age of individuals. Uh, did somebody have, you know, first you've got to have bladder cancer. Did they die? Was the bladder removed? Did they undergo radiation or chemo? What was the dosaging of the drug was is very important. And then some things that can take away from the settlement are, you know, if you were a smoker or a former smoker or exposed to toxic materials. But once all that was agreed on, then you could start talking about dollars and cents, and that took a pretty long time. And they basically uh, undertook to do a, a, a clinical trial on some of the cases that they had information on using the factors that they had agreed upon. That's interesting. And so, so what is your reaction to the settlement, Frank? Well, I think it's very good. Uh, you know, we tried to look at a lot of different things when looking at all these factors to go into it. And But one of the factors was obviously the spoilation of evidence. Uh, another factor was that the drug is still on the market. So we, we wanted it to be uh, the largest average settlement and I'm, when I say average, average for each individual involved, they won't all get the same amount of money because they'll all have to go through the process. But they, the, Takeda needed to pay a higher amount than anybody else because of the spoilation issue, and that is what was accomplished with this settlement. Well, it's amazing how spoilation in almost any trial uh, inflames juries, and uh, Boy, that, that's kind of the bellwether of ringing the bell uh, for most of these cases. Well, let's take a quick break right now and be back in a minute with more on Ringler Radio with my guest, Frank Woodson, and, of course, my co-host, Keith Christie. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio from Ringler Associates, the leader in the structured settlements profession nationwide. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler Associates works with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. There's a Ringler Associate in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experience than a Ringler Associate. Check out our new website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for claimants, legal professionals, and claims personnel, and to find the Ringler Associate nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best financial plan. You can count on Ringler Associates to structure a customized plan that meets the needs of you and your family for the future. Visit ringlerassociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio, everyone. Glad you could join us. 
I'm your host, Larry Cohen, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Keith Christie from New Orleans, and we're talking with our special guest, attorney Frank Woodson of the Beasley Allen Law Firm in Montgomery, Alabama. So, Frank, in 2011, the Food and Drug Administration, the FDA, issued a safety communication regarding the potential link between actos and bladder cancer, which the lawsuit claim was seven years after the company first discovered a potential link between actos and bladder cancer. Tell us about that gap and tell us about all that. Sure. Well, there were three primary studies uh, that are most cited by the plaintiffs in these cases regarding actosis association with bladder cancer. But the foremost uh, study that led to the uh, FDA warning was a 10-year study conducted by Kaiser Permanente in California. Mm -hmm. The study was sponsored by Takeda, uh, at, but it was required by the FDA. And it started in 2002 after preclinical trials indicated an increase in urinary bladder tumors in rats. So that is what put it all into place. And that, that study ran for 10 years. And the, that analysis of that study was the basis for the FDA's 2011 label change requirement. Frank. Why hasn't Actos been pulled off the market or recalled or black boxed? Well, and, and what we're talking about now is it has not been pulled in this country, but there was a study that came out in um, Europe, and they all uh, sort of follow each other. And in June of 2011, the French uh, regulatory agency, after they saw uh, another study coming out about the connection between uh, bladder cancer and actose announced that it did suspend the use of actose in France. And Germany quickly followed suit, uh, and then Takeda formally withdrew actose from a lot of the markets worldwide uh, around that time period. Um, and then, you know, at that point in time, that was almost over 50% of Takeda's gross revenue for their company. And about the, also that same time, the drug was going generic. So the drug has very little, if any, market at this point in time. And I don't know if the FDA, what their thinking is. Uh, they may just think it's, it's not even worth making them pull it, and maybe it's still okay for some people to take for short periods of time. And... um but, you know, I can't answer the question as to why they haven't made them withdraw it. Interesting. Well, what is your opinion, Frank, on how the FDA regulates the pharmaceutical and uh, drug prescription uh, industry? And uh, how can they improve what they do uh, so far? How, how, do you, how do you feel about the FDA? Well, I mean, the FDA, in their defense, uh, when we go and try uh, a lot of these cases, the defendants like to go and tell the jury that, listen, the FDA is the gold standard in the world in regulation of uh, medications, and they're making sure that everything is safe. In fact, you know, when you look at the what the government says about the FDA, they are totally underfunded, and they are completely understaffed, and they just do not have enough people and resources to do the job that we call on them to do. And then sometimes we discover in these incidents information can be hidden from them or information can be, as they say, sometimes statistics can lie. You know, statistics can be changed and worded in such a way that the uh, the risk is not seen. 
So uh, it's a very difficult job. It's a demanding job, and what they need is more funding and more resources. That's interesting. Well, Frank, in the defense of the the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies, what should they do if they start discovering that a drug that they're producing is causing individual harm? Okay, that's a great question for, for this particular instance. As we said earlier in the interview today, uh, another pharmaceutical company, Upjohn, they came along back in the 1990s and they reviewed the safety data with regard to Actos. And that, and, and that drug company said, well, based on what we're seeing, we think the risk profile of this drug is too dangerous to sell, and we're, we're not going to do it. And in fact, when we talked earlier about the documents that had been destroyed, the interaction between Takeda and Upjohn, Takeda had destroyed all the documentation coming back from Upjohn talking about this, the risk associated with the drug. Those, the reason the plaintiffs knew about those documents, Upjohn had not destroyed them. And, and got them. So Upjohn did answers your question. That is what they're supposed to do. Just, you know, you're going to have to walk away with it if it's away from marketing the drug if it's too dangerous to give to people. So it's a moral standard, period. There you go. And, and what you're looking at, of course, in all these things is risk and benefit. And at that point in time, in the late 1990s, there were other medications that are already on the market treating diabetics. Is this drug going to provide something new at less risk, or is it going to provide, or is the benefit of the drug so strong that some additional increased risk are okay? Upjohn decided that this thing is way too risky from what we're seeing, and we're not going in that direction. Decatur decided to go in the other direction. Well, you know, the, those poster children for, for how to act, uh, you know, you're saying Upjohn did, did the right thing. I remember when uh, I think Johnson & Johnson did something with Tylenol similarly. The, there are certain companies that, that whose management and leadership has them do the right thing, and then there are others, obviously, who, uh, who are less forthcoming. So it's, uh, I guess the FDA has to be more vigilant, and, and it's up to plaintiff attorneys like your firm and, and yourself to uh, continue to hold their feet to the fire. So with that... Uh, and in closing, uh, how do you feel and how do you think this settlement is going to impact future pharmaceutical prescription drug cases? Well, I'm, what I'm hoping is is that uh, there was enough of a message sent that we cannot stand to have uh, these companies destroy records. That was the most disturbing thing I think we saw in this case. Uh, as far as the settlement itself, it's good that people will get compensated on an objective basis. It was still done in a fair way, even for Takeda. Uh, and, and the distribution of the money will be done fairly, on, and everybody hopefully will be satisfied with it. But they needed to pay a, a premium, and we think that they are because of the issues that we've talked about today. Well, terrific. I think our audience has a really good view of uh, not only uh, the litigation and how uh, the settlement was uh, arrived at, but also the, some, of the, some of the more interesting issues around the pharmaceutical industry and the FDA as a whole. And, Frank, I thank you for that. And with that, uh, Frank, if someone wanted to get a hold of you and talk to you about this or other issues, how would they do that? Well, they can call 800-898-2034, or they can email me at frank.woodson at beasleyallen.com. 
Terrific. And Keith, if someone wanted to uh, contact you, how would they do that? Uh, the best way to do it is through my um, email, uh, kchristie at ringlerassociates.com, or my cell phone, area code 504-616-6263. Terrific, terrific. And, uh, of course, any of you out there can contact any Ringler Associate by going to ringlerassociates.com, where you can not only find uh, all of our associates around the country, but you can also have uh, find some great information on structured settlements and other issues as well. Uh, and of course, you can find Ringler Radio shows on RinglerAssociates.com. They're all uh, they're all listed there, along with uh, you can find these radio shows on RinglerRadio.com and also on LegalTalkNetwork.com or even on iTunes, where you can download them and uh, listen to them at your leisure. So with that, uh, I want to say, Frank, thanks once again for uh, joining us today and giving us your expertise on this uh, interesting topic. Glad to do it. And Keith, thanks for being a great co-host. Thanks a lot, guys. Terrific. And for all the rest of you out there, go have a great day. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio with over a million listeners. Ringler Associates, the first name in structured settlements. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.